This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe plug-in hybrid is built for the best of both worlds. For the city buzz, for the call of the wild, for finding solitude, for sharing memories, for day trips, and for far-roaming adventures. Because with gas and electric capability, the Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe inspires you to explore more, to explore it all. Tap the banner to learn more. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hello and welcome to Instant Genius, the bite-sized masterclass in podcast form. I'm Thomas Ling, digital editor at BBC Science Focus magazine. Whether your goal is mastering a new skill or losing weight, you'll know the importance of motivation and effective planning. One intriguing new field of psychology called functional imagery training may help here. As an increasing amount of compelling studies show, vividly visualising attaining your goal and the road bumps along the way could leave you better motivated when setbacks occur. That's why functional imagery training is now being used by athletes, the military and even company CEOs. It's a surprisingly complex and broad area of psychology, but to give us a beginner's guide, I'm talking to psychologist Dr. John Rhodes, co-author of The Choice Point, the scientifically proven method for achieving your goals. Hello, John. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Thomas. So I'm going to start with a big question, which is, uh, what is functional imagery training? Yeah, so functional imagery training was born out of research into addiction and cravings. And really, it's about how we use multisensory imagery to experience your goal or your big dream. And we, we are able to support people to increase motivation by getting them to experience their goals uh, in a lot of detail. Um, and again, what we do is, is we, we, we work in that kind of area of motivation. So we look at what motivates you, your why, your purpose, meaning behind the goals. And we get you to experience that in, in a lot of detail. So at its core, is it all about using your imagination and the senses to imagine not only success, but also to imagine the sort of difficult moments and how you can respond to them? Absolutely. Yeah. So the main way that we would amplify motivation with individuals is we would look at their big, dreamy, long-term goal, what success would 
feel like, look like, smell like, taste like, etc. And uh, we would compare that with how about if you didn't achieve that goal? So with these visualizations that people have, so are, are they are they using all five senses and are there any extra elements as well? Yes. So uh, with with imagery, so visualization is one sense and imagery is multi-sensory. So you said five senses, the five senses that you know, plus two, plus emotion and motion. So being able to feel it and also being able to be in the movement, the kinesthetic awareness of what you're doing. So those two factors are really quite key. But, you know, we don't always get you to immerse yourself in multi-sensory imagery. When you're in the throes of things, you may just very quickly use a few senses. The important part for us is is three. We, we, it's, it's a bit like the song, three is a magic number. You know, same with imagery. If you can use emotion and visual and kinesthetic movement-based imagery, they are going to be the real game changers when it comes to performance and also success of your goal. That's interesting. I, I think when you sort of say a lot of it is about imagining your goals, for some people that might sort of set alarm bells that are ringing off, that it sort of sounds like the, uh, if you think positively, then a positive result will happen. And some people might see a sort of similarity with the so-called law of attraction, you know, the belief that all of your goals can come true if you just believe in them hard enough. I take it that this is not that. Can you explain the difference behind it? Well, it, it, there are similar overlaps throughout. So things like law of attraction and manifestation, there's all there's all overlap with with all with all these areas. So primarily, that focuses in on visualization. So visualization is one of your senses. So what we do is we use we use your five senses that you are, are aware of, plus two plus emotion and motion, and that's the real key factor for us is being able to imagine in multi-sensory uh, detail so rather than just thinking about well, i don't know uh, maybe your goal is to have a nice holiday in the bahamas uh, you know that that's a great idea to to start thinking about it and to thinking about the law of attraction and also to think about visualizing that but really it doesn't move the dial unless we start to immerse ourselves in the full multi-sensory process and also of course putting actions to what we're thinking so we don't really go through just the positive areas we also go through negative areas as well what would it look like if perhaps you didn't go or you know what what would you be doing instead of that holiday would you be still sat in the uk perhaps or somewhere where it's you know maybe it's sunny maybe not so sunny Uh, and what would it be like instead what were the obstacles along the way what were the challenges that you faced so what we do within functional imagery training is we get the uh, the individual to explore not just the success, but also what failure would be like as well, uh, the obstacles, the challenges, and you know life priorities always shift as well. So we're looking at that realistic overview of what you're like and try to put steps in a process in a very formal way. Really interesting. So I think it'd be good to sort of latch onto another example just to really explain what this is. Well, well I suppose we 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 can put this into action. So let's should, okay. I mean, should, should we try it? What yeah. do you think? Let's go. Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> so, so do you have a goal that you want to work towards? What, should, what, what do you think? So I guess I would love to break the bad habit of when I wake up in the morning, reaching for my phone straight away. Would that be something you can help with there? Or yeah, of course. A, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Fantastic. Okay, so, let's, um, let's we'll, we'll give it a go, right? <laughs> so um, I think that's, that's, that's a, a big struggle for a lot of us is, is that we're always accessible. What would you like to do instead, I suppose, is where we can start? What would you do instead? I would love to get up and do some exercise instead. Okay, so what's holding you back? Um, the pull of social media. <laughs> <laughs> so the the instant fix. Yes. Yes. Okay. 
And so on a, on a good day, when you've been able to previously negotiate that fix and, uh, and get up without checking, like, what does that look like for you? What, what have you done? How's it all worked together? Uh, on the days where I haven't done that, it's normally because I've lost my phone or left it uh, <laughs> downstairs and been quite, I'm still quite reluctant to get out of bed and we're still sitting there for about 10 minutes before getting up. And I've kind of wasted that time anyway, where I would have been exercising. So I suppose for you, it's, it's, it's about something that you can do immediately to enable yourself to activate, well, I suppose you, you to get out of bed. So what what do you think? I mean, I, I, you know, there, there are 101 things I'm sure you could do to, 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 to get out of bed straight away. But what's your, like, what could you do? What do you think you could do to try and swing those feet out of the bed and uh... play some sort of sign near, near the bed telling me to do that? Okay. W- would that be a good good thing to do? Well, I think I think um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there could be a visual image. It could be the chatter that goes on in your head, or recognizing that chatter that said, that kind of you know when you when you wake up and it says, "This is lovely. Stay in bed. This is yes. great. You yeah. don't need to go for a run." You know, maybe it's acknowledging that is your cue to go right. I want to have a conversation with this chatter. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I I know this bed's lovely and warm, but my health's important to me. And the chatter will start again, as always. It is. It is always. Well, but you know, tomorrow is going to be a better day. You know, and I suppose in a way, it's about having this conversation, this dialogue with yourself, rather than a monologue. The monologue is like stay in bed. It's okay. Um, the dialogue enables you to then be able to decipher what is in your in your best interest and to logically come up with an idea. So it could be that's your cue potentially that you hear that chatter, and that could then activate your imagery. So if I'm hearing the chat in my head, as you say, saying, no, just just another sort of 10 minutes, half an hour. I really don't want to get up. It's really warm here. So then I would engage with that by saying, actually, no, I do value my health quite a lot. And is it is it the case where I need to be having, imagining this conversation in my head, say, the night before? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all these things are about planning it, the best route for you, acknowledging full well that that chatter is going to always occur. And, and even for for me as a psychologist, you know, it still happens. I still get that chatter in my head. And even when I'm out running, I'm still saying, why the hell are you running? Well, you could be doing anything right now and, and, and running. And so you still got to negotiate that chatter as well. And you still got to manage that, that potential mutiny of chatter. Planning for that the day before is really key. Uh, and how you would overcome it. So how would I plan that conversation? Is it the case of writing it down or I don't know, just continually sort of thinking about it for 10 minutes? What are the sort of practical steps that someone in my position could could do? <laughs> so writing it down is, is a great way. It's an absolutely great way to to get you to to think about your thinking. So this is this is metacognition. Thinking about your thinking. What would I do at this point? Why am I thinking this? How can I navigate through this moment? So absolutely, we, you can write things down. And also you can use imagery, you know, okay, I'm going to be in bed and I'm going to be lovely and warm and I'm going to have this thought. So as you're thinking this, this is, this is, this is audio based imagery, things that you can hear in your bedroom. Uh, maybe it's just your own thoughts, the, the feeling of the bed covers or oh, lovely and warm. Okay. And then maybe you're thinking, you know, maybe it's the feeling of you, you swinging your legs around and the feeling of, you know, the floor under your feet. Maybe it's the feeling of you know, the momentum, the movement, perhaps it's the feeling of you taking control of, you know, your day and activating it in the way that you want to feel, you know, and, 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 you know, make action based on your goals. Maybe it's, you can see that maybe you can, you might have a, a sip of coffee or, you know, you might be a, a drink of water by your bed. You have a drink of water, but you can taste it. 
So that immersion is imagery. That immersion based on what you would plan. So, you know, today to do tomorrow is really quite key. And we find that immersion being the most powerful factor in what motivates people because they've planned ahead. They've already had that chat that they can have with with yourself tomorrow. They've already planned to have their glass of water by their bed. They've already planned for their clothes to be laid out in a way that is, um, you know, better, better for them. And again, what happens next is, is really, it's, it's about that sequence starting. And what we do is we support people to, to create a sequence to, uh, which, which fits their priorities, which fits their kind of their, their routine. You know, for me, it's generally a coffee in the morning is my kind of sequence. I have a, you know, same thing where, where I'll, where I'll get out of bed and I'll have a coffee and that coffee, you know, I'll, I'll think about what my obstacles today, you know, so similar for yourself. It could be feet on the floor is your cue. And, the key, and your cue then activates, right, I am here for this job and I'm committed to this and here we go. And the rest is history. <laughs> so for it to be like an effective cue the night before, say for using the example of sort of my feet touching the floor as I get out of bed, do I really have to be imagining that moment and then think about what I'd be doing next? Is that basically the, the, the crook of functional imagery training? Yeah, so it happens in a sequence. So so usually what we do is we start, we start with your big goal. So like down the line, if your big goal is to, you know, uh, for lots of people, it could be to lose weight. For lots of people, it could be, it could be to improve their well-being through exercise. So uh, again, like what does that look like to you? What does it feel like to you? What does that, you know, if, if you stuck with your goal for a year or for six weeks, what would it be like? Where will you be when you have that, that recognition and that feeling that, you know, you've achieved that goal? And then we work kind of backwards, like if you were going to uh, rewind a movie from the from you know from the end all the way back through to to the start and and at each point we might play out key things of well three weeks might look like this and i might think at three weeks this is going really well i'm really surprised that i've been able to commit to this okay we're going to rewind again to to one week of if i've stuck with it for one week what does that feel like what does that look like where am i what's the what's the chatter like the chatter's a lot quieter weirdly hmm okay so again then we rewind back to today and then we might even go back to you know, to well, how, how's my experiences helped me get to this position right now? But the point, the important point for us uh, each of these phases is the immersion, and we call it elaboration in the multi-sensory detail, not just visualization. Visualization is one sense, so you've got to make it multi-sensory. It's okay if you can elaborate on the elaboration a, a little of bit course. more. Yeah, sure. So um, a lot of this research has come out of what's called the elaboration intrusion theory, just to give you some more theoretical kind of uh, areas. When you give a, a thought attention, you then immerse yourself in that focused thought. So, for example, uh, you might be writing an essay, you might be writing an email, and as you write this email, your mind wanders and you think, I could go for a chocolate bar right now. And as your mind starts to wander, you then give it more detail and you elaborate. What does that taste like? Hmm, what I have? What's the, ra- the colour of the wrapper? And then you can hear it as you, you know, and you can taste it and you, and that's elaboration. And the more you give something attention and you elaborate, the more you're likely to do it. Um, which is why this research and fit is, has grown out of cravings and addiction. Because clearly that's where people elaborate on that substance. And what we try to do as practitioners and as psychologists and coaches, et cetera, is we support people to really change the channel from one thought to the next. How do we change the channel and how do we support people to choose the right channel when you're thinking about diverting thinking. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. It'd be good to delve into some more practical examples, but I have to ask first. So your your book about functional imagery training is called The Choice Points. Is it okay if you can unpack what The Choice Points actually is? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So in a day, we we, we generally have around 6,000 choices in a day. Uh, and of those choices, we, we estimate you have roughly 80 that are choice point based decisions. So that could be going for a run in the morning or not, staying in bed or not, or, or, or getting up or recycling or not, or having that difficult conversation or not. And what happens at that at that decision is 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 really a, a critical, important choice, and that is your choice point. And your choice point is underpinned by your values and your potential behaviour. So if you're not aware of your values, then you would often or could potentially feel, you know, you could feel guilty that you're not doing something. So what we do with it with with, with uh, using fit. So fit is what we do, kind of in the choice point, is we work with individuals to be able to navigate that choice point and that choice point quite often for us for a lot of us is very quick so when we start working with people the choice point can be a couple of seconds you think of something and you and you do it so usually we see people who say i want to get really healthy and eat really well but i keep finding myself eating cheese and you go oh, okay well like how do you recognize the thought when i recognize it like i have my hand on the fridge door okay that's a cue Okay, and uh, can we activate your imagery to like positive-based uh, imagery, or you know, can we stop elaboration occurring? That is our choice point. So we work with people to really come up with a positive-based goal, and we support them to, to to use multisensory imagery in a way which is more directive to to their long-term goal, which helps them to take control of their choice point. So I think that's a really good example. And sort of, what would you practically advise that person then to do in that moment where they are got their hand on the fridge door and then what impact could this sort of training have yeah it always starts with with recognizing what a choice point is that's generally where we start with people we say okay let's let's examine your your values and then let's recognize what you want to change and potential choice points so and again you know it could be priorities it could be um, what's important to you right now let's focus on one core choice point it could be healthy eating it could be exercising it could be anything yeah then we work with individuals to look at that multi-sensory um, ability to use imagery but but everyone's very different Thomas as well just being really mindful that the way that you imagine 
is very different to anyone else. So what we generally do is we try to be is, is, is we we would measure your imagination is where we start. And we, I mean, we, we could do that now. Absolutely, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's dive in. Um, okay, so um, if you were to use your imagination to, um, we're going to start with with visualization. And zero is you've got nothing in your mind's eye at all. You can't imagine anything at all. So if I say the word to you, you can't see anything in your, in your head. And 10 is it's as vivid as the real thing. You can see it in your mind's eye really clearly. Okay. So we'll start off with an apple. Apple probably say uh, about a seven. I can sort of visualize this. I guess it'd be like a red, red orb, red, red apple with a, a nice bit of shine on it on the side. Perfect. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, we'll move on then. So we're going to go through your senses. So if I were to ask you to take a bite out of the apple, could you hear a noise? Yes, I can. I would be able to hear a real distinctive crunch then. Okay. And could you rate it? Uh, about an eight. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. And uh, how about taste? Yeah, I could. It'd probably be less vivid around like sort of five for an apple sort of taste. <laughs> and if you were to smell it? Ah, uh, because I won for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and um, how about if you were to um, throw it up in the air and catch it? Yeah, I can sort of almost imagine the the weight in my head there, so around seven or eight. Brilliant, okay. And how about if you were to take a bite out of it and eat it, and you looked inside the apple and you saw that you'd eaten a worm? How does that feel? Doesn't feel particularly great. Um, <laughs> pretty disgusted by that thought. <laughs> can you rate it on, on like disgust? Are you imagining that scenario? Y- yeah, I can imagine nine, nine <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> okay, so so the, 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 this is multi-sensory. So we can see that there are different senses that have scored highly. So what we find sometimes is that some some people have no imagination at all. So when you say, "Can you imagine your goal?" Can you imagine what you might look like in uh, in six weeks' time? They'll say. Kind of, but really they got they got zero. Uh, they can't imagine anything, and, that, and that's called aphantasia. So we, we 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 can assess that. So we know that we can we can always train someone's imagination, even if they if they have very low imagery ability. And other senses may may also be low. Uh, uh, so again, we we can we can support people to increase their imagery ability. On the other hand of the scale, those individuals who are ten out of ten for everything, and everything's really clear. They they may. There are times when they may overthink. They are seeing things really vividly. They see things on repeat all the time, and they want to control their imagination. So again, we can support people to be able to really manage how they're seeing things, smelling things, and just generally imagining. And this is really quite key because how you imagine it links to your motivation. Because if you can't see your future, you're not overly conscientious about certain things. And what we know is that being conscientious really links to performance and being able to follow through on tasks, uh, especially when achieving goals. Imagery ability is really quite key for us to look at, to to assess. And that's generally an area which is overlooked by a lot of practitioners um, because it's assumed that we all have very similar imaginations. So how would we use this sort of visualisation if uh, confronted by a, a choice point? So say... If I have my hand on the on, on on the fridge door, what would I need to be visualizing at that point? So at that point, again, it depends on on your goal. So if your goal is to to be very fit uh, and to maybe maybe it's just to control eating or snacking. So why why is that important to you? Maybe it's you just don't want to snack at you know late at night. That's usually the goal that we we hear from people. 
I'll say, you know, I, my issue is, is I'm, I'm really controlled up until seven o'clock in the evening. And then I just find myself at the fridge looking for things to eat. Okay. So when you touch the fridge door, where do you want your mind to go? And I might say, I want my mind to go to just a healthier version of me, just a me that's in control of my snacking, just a me that is feeling really happy that I've made it f- through a week. And f- I just feel, you know, I'm sat on the sofa still. I've made the right choices this week. And I don't feel guilty about, you know, maybe having a glass of wine on, on, a, on a Friday, whatever it could be. So really it's about, about you being on your terms and not allowing that kind of that spontaneous based intrusive thought to take over your behaviors. So is it, that, I'm just thinking sort of how that worked practically. So does a person need to be visualizing this before they go up to the fridge for it to work? Or do they need to just be doing it in the moment or both? So again, th- this is really varied depending on on the individual. So we generally start with like an overview of a daily cue. So a daily cue being, you know, you in the morning planning for your obstacles and your hurdles. And then, of course, there is when when it gets real, when you need it right now, because right now I found myself at the fridge. And so it could be a really quick fo- refocus. And a lot of the techniques that, that we teach, we, we, we call it a lap. So a lap is locate my cue, locate my cue is I'm here touching the fridge door, take a deep breath in and I'll take a deep breath out. Okay, uh, the A is activate my imagery. My imagery is a happier me in, it could just be in 30 seconds time. And I made the right choice. And then the P is perform. Performance, what do I do right now? Right now I can perhaps take another option, a healthier option, or I don't need to be here at the fridge door. So that is the that is the in-the-moment application. Locate your cue, activate your imagery, and then perform. Am I right in saying that your research has shown that with these exercises, you can push this at a choice point to an average of two seconds to five seconds? Is, is that right? Yeah. So uh, again, within that kind of that, that, that idea of time. So then that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's generally what we focus in on is that we are expanding that, that time zone of you making choices. And a lot of the work again, from, from our earlier researchers has been like really quick around decision making. So what our aim is, is to try and expand that gap. So it takes longer for you to uh, make the right choice. But again, what, we, what we're trying to do uh, over time ultimately is enabling you as an individual to make better choices quicker as well. So what are the most compelling experiments that have been undertaken in, in the realm of image training? Yeah, so the, 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 I'd say probably two are the, are, are the most well-known. first one was done by Linda Solbrig and team in 2018, looking at weight loss and snacking reduction. And that was a comparison between motivational interviewing and then motivational interviewing with imagery. And what we found was, what, what, the, what that team found was that imagery was the key point to, to really motivate individuals to stick with long-term goals. And we found that there was a five times more uh, effectiveness using imagery than other based motivational interventions. And then from my own research, probably the, the work around marathon runners. And we looked at two different groups, one that used imagery and one that didn't use imagery. And again, using the, 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 the fit-based model, we got people who, who were all very similar in terms of their shared value of health. They were, they were all non-runners at the start and they all you went through a program. We didn't tell them what to do at all. We didn't say, you need to run and do this program. We just said, you know, could you imagine what a healthier version of you would look like? If we're going to plan for the moment when you want to quit, like how would you? How, what's the conversation going to be like, uh, and how can we navigate through that conversation? And again, similar to the weight loss study, 
we found that those individuals who use Fit were five times more likely to finish an ultramarathon than those who didn't use Fit. So again, that's kind of our one of our key values that we use. But we also used it in the military. We've used it in lots of different scenarios with similar results around retention rates, success rates for people going through things like commando training, which we work with with military programs on. Yeah, sticking through that hard work, uh, you know, improving resilience. Yes, but resilience has got to always be paired with, you know, actually going out there and, and putting in the hard work. And in those guys' cases, wet and cold and tired and hungry, and then looking at how they're going to imagine you know, that, that success, the Green Beret or whatever it could be that they're imagining as their long-term goal. That's really interesting. It'd be good um, if I could dive into some of the specifics about when you're saying Olympians using this sort of techniques. So is there sort of an example there which immediately comes to your mind? Uh, I've got a few. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm, re- I'm really fortunate that I've been working in sport for a while, um, as, as well as other areas. Uh, so for Olympians, it's it's a nice one. People generally say Olympians have got a really like it's, the, it's an obvious goal, right, to get a, a, a medal. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. So I mean, that's that's a nice one. We 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 can focus in on the event. You know, we have got uh, Paris coming up, and that's a lot of the core focus for guys that, are, that we're working with at imagery coaching. Is that's the that's the target. They they generally know what it will be like they kind of they've been to you know world cup events before they may have been to olympic games before they know what's going to be like they know the environment they know the, the sounds will be like they know the smells the sports halls generally have a very unique smell for sure and we play it back so if you were going to achieve that goal in the future what's the gap between then and now let's work back through that gap so this is called mental contrasting and the way that we mentally contrast is again we break down those big those big goals into, into yeah targets or milestones. I try not to call them KPIs, otherwise people get a churning in their stomach. But generally, it's a milestone. You know, it's a, oh, I need to I need to go to the European Games. Okay, okay. So how do you get there? To get there, I need to work on my footwork around the court. Okay, cool. How do we get there? So we keep breaking it back down to what we would call process goals things that you can control like like today. So it could be like we're thinking about, let's say we're talking about a tennis player and a tennis player could say, my goal is to win Wimbledon. Okay, fantastic. How do we get there? So it's a heck of a journey. Okay, what's, the, what's along the route? And we break it all the way down to what are we doing right now? Right now we're going to work on accuracy in our serve. Okay, like be specific around that accuracy. Well, accuracy on our first serve, and we're going we're gonna to look at exactly where we're going to serve the ball. And uh, yeah, our first serve success rate. Cool, brilliant. What do you need to do to then be able to fulfill that? Well, I need to focus in on where I'm looking. Okay, so today's task is narrow focused vision where you're looking to hit the ball. Okay, let's play, let's play that out in, in imagery uh, uh, mode. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, I'm going to bounce the ball. I can feel it in my hand. I can see the colour. I, I feel like I feel a bit anxious. Okay, I'm going to control my breathing though. I'm going to relax and I'm going to take, I'm going to bounce the ball one more time and I'm going to look where I'm going to serve the ball and I'm going to just find balance in myself. I'm going to lick my lips, quite salty. So we play it out. And then we look at, um, yeah, them committing to an action or a task for the day. So can that actually help sporting performance then? Has that been shown to help? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so there are, there are uh, 101 studies in uh, in like things like this, like imagine using imagery based training to improve performance and success rates. The biggest papers in sport are around PEPLEP, so like physical emotion technique, etc. Breaking down all those all those specific elements and then imagining it before you do it, and then doing it, performing it, and it increases success rates. So what we do, which is slightly different in fit, is we we are focused more so on motivation. So not only is this a performance-based intervention, it's a behavior change intervention. We're focused on, yes, we're focused on performance right now, but we're also focused on performances in a year's time. So looking at that long-term change rather than that immediate focus on performance accuracy or success. Particularly, you don't have to be an athlete to use this. No, no, absolutely not. No, no, no. And, and you know, we, we use it in weight loss. We use it in, in health. We use it in, um, with executives, they, we use it in CEOs. You know, a CEO could be a similar thing where they've got an important meeting coming up and, and they're going to plan out how the meeting's going to go. What, what's, what's the awkward questions that might come up at the end? What's, what slide am I not looking forward to presenting? How am I going to field that question? How am I going to prepare effectively? And what we generally do is we teach them, you know, the same process of finding a cue. And then as we spoke about the fridge door, for those guys, it won't be a fridge door. It would be, it could be standing outside the meeting room or standing in your office, taking a deep breath in. It's my cue, looking at my cue. Okay, so I'm going to activate my imagery and it could just be a matter of what's the worst question that's going to come up? Okay, how have I thought about answering that question? Okay, I know what I'm going to say. Okay, it's going to look like this and then perform to what you're doing and again and again what we often find is when we work, work with ceos and c-suites etc that question never comes up it's just it's just the thought of it the anxiety the, uh, and the stress that's based around negative based thinking which is normal we always we always go to we, we tend to go to negative thinking quite often before positive based thinking so again what we try to do with fit is we use we use fit based on positive imagery to be able to get people to then navigate through those tricky moments where they're thinking negatively and to divert thinking to more positive outcomes. That was Dr. John Rhodes, lecturer in psychology at the University of Plymouth and co-author of The Choice Point, the scientifically proven method for achieving your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode of Instant Genius, brought to you by the team behind BBC Science Focus magazine, which you can find on sale now in supermarkets and newsagents, as well as your preferred app store. You can, of course, also find us online at sciencefocus.com. Thank you.